Tanya Weidman-Davis is the co-artistic director of Weidman-Davis Dance, and she is also on the faculty of the University of South Carolina as an assistant professor. Tanya has had an extensive career as a dancer, choreographer, and teacher. She continues to perform, research, choreograph, teach, and importantly, to collaborate. A recent work of Weidman Davis Dance is called Migratus Ataraxia. It's an amazing performance that combines elements of dance, antebellum architecture, the visual arts, history, and where the evening finishes with a curated dinner. It is a great example of their interdisciplinary approach to performance that demands collaboration with other artists. Learn more about this show by going to pbs.org and searching Migratus, and that's spelled M-I-G-R-A-T-U-S-E. This interview is sponsored by the South Carolina Arts Commission and Nephron Pharmaceuticals. My journey into dance started very early. I started dancing at three years old um, here in Chicago, Illinois, where I am right now. Um, and I originally was ice skating and I kept getting a cold on the ice skating rink. And so my mom was like, you know what, Let, let's, you know, shift to something else. So we shifted to dance and I started ballet classes and I studied in Chicago until I was 17. And at 17, I moved to New York and started dancing with the Dance Theater of Harlem. So I started a professional dance career really early um, from really, I was in the Dance Theater of Harlem School for about a year. So after that, then I transitioned into the actual company, the professional company as an apprentice. And I went up the ranks in that company from apprentice to uh, principal dancer. And there was a shift in my career where I really felt like I wanted to do something a bit different with the art form. And so I started to work with other choreographers. I went and danced with Alonzo King's Lines Ballet, um, Complexions, Contemporary Ballet, um, Joffrey Ballet, um, gosh, who else? Um, Cleveland San Jose Ballet. Uh, I worked with Donald Byrd, who was a choreographer that worked in New York. And so from my experience at Dance Theater of Harlem, where I had just worked with so many different choreographers, I knew that I wanted to have something where I could really feel um, rooted in being a part of the process, as opposed to actually having work choreographed on you, but being a part of the construction of new work. So that really sparked my um, interest in choreography. And at Dance Theater of Harlem, I met my husband, who's actually on faculty with me at the University of South Carolina. And we were both dancing at Dance Theater of Harlem, and we were both looking for something else. And so we started to dance with other people, but then we honed in and decided to start our own dance company. What was the vision? Well, we've always thought collaboratively. So our vision was really to use movement as our catalyst to create art. So we're interested in collaborating with visual artists. We're interested in collaborating with architects. So using dance as our platform to really create these interdisciplinary experiences in art. And a huge 
social justice component to that as well. Let's talk a little bit maybe about this. I might say it wrong, but uh, <laughs> you're welcome to, to uh, correct it. I've got migratus ataraxia. Is that right? Yes, migratus ataraxia is the work. <laughs> so, migratus ataraxia is a work that it's a site-specific work, and we take it into antebellum homes across the southeast region of the country. And it's a multidisciplinary piece. It has movement. It has uh, visual content in terms of video uh, that's projected onto the walls of the home. We have a visual artist that we work with who's a Columbia artist as well. Her name is Michaela Pilar Brown. And she has video installation that are upstairs on the second floor of the home. And so the piece also has a curated dinner at the end where we um, use the audience and move them around the different rooms of the home. And then at the end of the work, they move out to this curated dinner. And we use a local chef wherever we perform. And this dinner is curated by uh, Myron Beasley, and he's our culinary anthropologist who's a part of the production. We have a dramaturge, uh, Gina Kohler, who works with us as well. And it's a full evening, immersive production that is site-specific. And it's a work that um, I think is really the biggest scale work that we've ever done. Um, every time we mount it, it, it's a huge pre-process that has to actually manifest in, over, in order for the performance to take place. Because each home we go into, the furniture has to be taken out of the antebellum homes. And we have to map the performance. So decide which rooms each section is going to be in and then how we're going to move the audience around in the space to get them to do what we need to, them to do to um, create the flow of the performance that leads to the dinner. Sounds like the audience is um, their movement. I, I love the, that you, you have obviously the, the dancers moving, but it's kind of cool that you, you also have the participation and the movement of the audience what role does that play kind of in the overall evening is is the role that the audience plays in this performance yes so it's really um immersive as i said before what happens is the audience becomes a part of the production from the very beginning we have an actor that um, narrates the beginning of the piece and he's actually throughout the work but he um meets the audience first outside of the, the antebellum structure and then he brings them in into the space and so each person that's a part of the show actually is moving the audience around to these different spaces that we actually want you to be in so there might be points in the work where we actually touch the audience or we may guide them or we may give them a look <laughs> and then they know to follow us to go to the next site. So, I mean, it, and every night it's different. You never know what, what's going to happen. Tell me a little, you, you mentioned that there's, 
a huge social justice um, component to your themes. So I'd like to talk a little bit about your intention as an artist um, and, and maybe kind of build on other themes that you, that you hope to achieve with your, your art form. Well, any community that we're in, we're very observant of the communities that we live and work in. So we're looking at equity, we're looking at diversity, we're looking at gender roles in every component of how we're being experienced in these communities and society, but also being very observant of human relations and who feels comfortable in spaces and who doesn't feel comfortable and why. And so these are things that, you know, Thaddeus and I, because we're married and we're together 24 seven, we're always critiquing culture. We're always looking at culture. We're always looking at something to bring back to our work. And it affects us in a really visceral way. I mean, I feel like as an artist, you're hypersensitive to the environments that you're living in. And that's only possible because you're observant. And because you have these very, um, uh, what is it, sensory perceptions of how people are negotiating space and negotiating time and negotiating touch. Like just looking at people like now, touch is a really political thing. Mm -hmm. We are going to shift in terms of how we interact with each other, eye contact is very political now. So, you know, who's suspect and who's not? Which bodies are suspect and which bodies are not? Are you suspect when you have a mask on, when someone can't see your face? So all of these politics of how we're negotiating with each other on a daily basis are just really intriguing to us. Let's talk a little bit more about 2020. What's, what's on the horizon and, and what are some of the challenges here um, you know, being a dancer and a choreographer and putting shows together in 2020? The challenge I think right now is people are really struggling with, do I put content out on this digital form or do I just sit back and think about what I need to do to sustain myself without being like this? Like I gotta have people talking about me and you know, making a buzz about what I'm doing and, you know, really, I mean, what's the value in that at this particular point? Are you just exhausting yourself to create something that is not sustainable? What are you going to do with your work, your artwork that won't tire you out and will actually be productive work that maybe right now you're not supposed to be visible? Maybe this is a time for us to think about what we want to do in a really sustainable, honest way so that when we come back, we can actually do the work that we want. So I know in my industry, there's a struggle with that content production and um, the value of that right now. 2020, most professional dance probably won't be happening until hopefully January or February. But we don't even know, like, we may get to December and realize that, yeah, it ain't gonna happen. <laughs> you know, I mean, we gotta really be honest that things are not getting better. And going back into the theater is not 
a um, smart choice. What do you feel like is, is most unique about dance as an art form? Well, dance is about the human body and it's about the body in action. And when people are watching dance, you got to contend with what your perceptions of what you think the body should be doing and what it shouldn't be doing. And so that's a whole negotiation for people to get past or people to embrace. And I think the perception is usually people steer towards ballet because ballet is usually the thing that gets the most amount of funding in every community. So it will be the thing that's held up as the moniker of excellence or the moniker of success. That's not necessarily true. It's just got the most funding and it can have the biggest board, which usually is a societal element to a particular environment. So I think there's a thing that dance does outside of these, the, the form of ballet that asks you to come and view it and be okay with whatever your perception is. That it's okay if you don't understand it. It's okay if you wanna question it. I mean, one thing that our company does all the time is we always have Q&A afterwards so that we can speak to the audience. So we're not these, you know, dancing bodies that, you know, just dance and don't think. We're thinking individuals and we would like to be in conversation with the people who are watching us. So that's buy-in for an audience. If I can actually come and talk to a dancer and talk to a choreographer or talk to an art maker, and say, I didn't understand this. Can you explain what this means? Or can you explain what your perception of it was when you were creating this? It gives a different kind of context. And then also that person might actually come see something else again. So creating this situation where it's not audience here and performer here, that they both come together and actually have an experience together. Um, so I think dance is particular because we have to contend with perceptions of the body. But that doesn't mean mm -hmm. that art can't be produced right now. And how do you produce it, I think, is the thing that we're all negotiating with and how do you produce it safely? What are you most proud of in terms of uh, accomplishments thus far in your in your career? I'm really most proud of the work that my company Weidman Davis Dance has done. Um, we go beyond what the traditional dance company does. Um, we've made some really great relationships with people outside inside of Colombia and outside of Colombia and we're in the process of building a network so that we can work through multiple environments. And I think that's really important because going into community, we don't want to come in as an outsider and tell community what they should be doing. We want to work with the community investors that are already there and create 
these movement experiences that could just come and enhance one aspect of human connectivity in your community. And then build relationships where we can create these cogs so that other people can come in and work with us or other people can come in and work with that community. So it's network building around people with shared values. And I think that's really um, important at this particular time point because we need to build relationships where we can all lift each other up.